0: okay good day everyone and thank you for joining us for this edition of the bringing inspiration to earth show today my special guest is tabitha a scott and we will be talking about her work as well as her new book trust your animal instincts recharge your life and ignite your power in trust your animal instinct instincts tabitha candidly shares her incredible journey of courageous self-discovery she learned to reconnect to the innate source of life-giving energy that deep-seated wisdom within. She discovered a way to identify and shed the harmful pressure we put on ourselves and discovered how to survive in the burnout that comes from trying to keep pace with ever-changing technology and social uncertainty. From deep within the Costa Rican jungle, her own intuition emerged. If you're struggling with staying positive during these stressful times, you're not alone. Escape into this wild world and discover how you can recharge your life and spark positivity through your own limitless source of power. For more information, you can visit Tabitha's website, which is powering-potential.com. Again, that's powering-potential.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Tabitha to the show. Good day, Tabitha.
1: Good day Robert i'm so excited to be here. I love your show <laughs> Thank you
0: very much i I really appreciate that and mm-hmm. and I love having conversations with people like you who can uh, inspire our, our our listeners so well um let's see let's I guess the the first place we should probably start is um talk to us a little bit about um your journey you know kind of what um led to your intuition discovery in Costa Rica?
1: Sure. My journey is very similar to many, many people and what they go through, working parents, people who have a spouse, um, people who have parents or significant others that they feel like they need to please. Anyone um, can relate to putting a lot of pressure on self. And I, I, I call it we're shooting on ourselves, all over ourselves. (laughs) And, I mean, you know, you should be the perfect mom. You should be skinny. You should, um, you know, have the perfect partner. You should be the great executive. And in my case, um, I had a couple of sons that had disorders I could not fix. Um, One of them had narcolepsy. Another had a disorder where he had to have multiple surgeries on his legs. And it's just heartbreaking when you can't control things um, that happen to people that you love. And so I had things at home. I had things at work. I worked in renewable energy and did these large projects. And I was so passionate about the adoption of renewable energy. And yet so many people in the United States still thought, um, hey, this is a threat to our way of life or climate change is a hoax or it's political. And it was this uphill battle of education and focusing on the business aspects of it only instead of the altruism or, hey, this is your health. This is the air you're breathing. And um, it it was just this burnout that I reached of I can't control all of these things. And um, I reached a point where I quit my job and as this is the kind of quintessential story you hear a lot of times about people that reach this pinnacle of success and then walk away and say you know enough and gave away most of my things i went to the jungle in costa rica and stayed for almost three months with no cell service Um, it didn't even have a street address or a mailbox at the location where i stayed and it was the best thing that ever happened
0: Wow, I bet you didn't expect that well, I don't know maybe but um so uh, so tell us exactly you know okay, was that yeah first of all, yes, I'm sure there are a lot of people right now that are in in burnout you know and and having gone through this period of of uh, restriction that we've had and now the opening of everything um you know a lot of those should have you know should um i'm sure are popping up everywhere um so what would you say was the um the key was was, was the disconnection the key to being able to kind of tap into that intuition
1: it was disconnection and over time um, once i got to a point where i was so isolated I was able to identify the shoulds in my life, and I labeled them the should monster. You know, if you, if you label it something that's not personal, like I'm not disappointing my kids or my spouse or, you know, um, my boss, then if you just call it the should monster, and, of course, we perfectionists, we're our own worst enemy, putting all those shoulds on ourselves. <laughs> so identifying it and then shedding it, getting rid of it. And why people are facing this today In my book, I talk about basically things boil down, and by things, I mean everything boils down to high vibes and low vibes. And high vibes are things like love and compassion and happiness and joy, and low vibes are things like fear and uncertainty and burnout. And you're seeing this mass exodus from the corporate world right now for two reasons. One, because the fear and uncertainty of COVID and Um, that has created a lot of people to feel off balance. If you notice in our language, there's so much of it that is in energetic terms. I feel off balance. I feel burnt out. I feel disconnected. I feel charged up. She lit up the room. You know, it just, it goes on and on. And so people are feeling off already. And then they go into this corporate, you know, they drive, and they go sit in a concrete box. And during the day, they're led by low vibe leadership. If you don't do this, then, you know, you're punished. And there's a lot of fear. I might lose my job again. Um, my family, you know, there's I'm losing my balance. And so leading by fear, it creates more fear, and people are unhappy, and they're responding by leaving. And what I learned while I was isolated is that we have this renewable energy that is inside of each of us. And Religions are based on this concept, multiple religions, that you can tap into this and become in a high-vibe state. And to get there without going to the jungle, you just need to figure out what are (laughs) those things that you love. You know, Robert, when you're sitting around and you find yourself subconsciously humming or maybe you forget to eat lunch and you lose track of time, jot down what those things are that you're doing at that minute because those are your high-vibe activities. And when you start feeling off or you start feeling pressured, do one of those activities and it will bring you back energetically to your positive state.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you believe that, I mean, that, that renewable energy, the the high-vibe is an expression of that energy, Is correct?
1: Absolutely. And my book, because my background is in electrical energy and I have certifications there, but also human biofield energy and holistic energy healing certifications, I understand um, through quantum physics and, you know, the writings of people like Deepak Chopra, um, a lot of science has been done that proves we are energy at our core and so is every living thing. And if you understand that and you understand high vibe state versus low vibe state, it's sort of like a fast forward way of understanding Maslow's hierarchy of needs or psychology or the way we feel because all of those things and, you know, even our physical state manifest from how our energetic vibe is operating. And my book talks about how to tap into that when you're in that state you can hear your intuition a lot more clearly.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's good. We're going to talk more about that. But I want to um, talk a little bit about go, kind of go back to the shoulds, you know, and and you know, I know that there. I mean, I have been um, surrounded by shoulds, you know, and, and growing up. I mean, there are I mean, shoulds keep running through my head. Uh, what? Do you feel that the idea of in our mind that we should be doing something is a just it's a reflection of our um, socialization or upbringing um, based on the values of others around us?
1: You are absolutely right, Robert. I, everyone is born as an energist is what I call it. You can be Baptist or Buddhist or. Uh, black or white or, you know, any combination left or right, but we're all energists at our core. We're made of the same energy. And so we could be born into different geographies and religions and socioeconomic conditions and educational levels. And those are the things that differentiate our bias and our paradigms of how we deal with the world and what shoulds we put on ourselves. And I love working with uh, women especially that are raised in very repressive environments, And, um, you know, we have a lot of yokes put on the necks of these young women about the way they should be and they should behave and careers that are proper or not um, for them. And realizing that all of those things were created for different reasons over the years. I love the book Sapiens. Um, It was a real eye-opener for me and um just understanding that there is so much more in common with all of us than there is difference
0: yeah yeah um so when we encounter these should um how how do we counter them i mean is now Granted, you know, first of all, the first thing is awareness. You know, when when that thought crosses your right. mind, I should be, or I should have. You know, um, what would what would be the um, the next step, or what you know, what would be the way to reprogram that?
1: Yeah, I. Um, there are some techniques that you can use. One of them that I like to share that's easy for everyone to do is put up an invisible shield and be sure it's a shield instead of a barrier. And what I mean by that is if a warrior goes into battle, then he can raise or lower his shield. And if he creates a barrier instead that's impenetrable, then people can't get in, so he's protected, but he also, he can't get out. And so when you do that to your heart, to your emotions, then you shut down your engine and capacity for high-vibe activities. And so it's really important to think of energy as being um, just as real as what we see with the eye. Like if you see someone charging at you with a giant stick, you know, run away. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to hit me. They're going (laughs) to attack me. And uh-huh. energy is the same way. We all have those people that when they come in the room or when we pick up the phone and, and see that they're calling, our stomach just kind of goes, ah, oh, that's an energetic <laughs> uh-huh. attack. You know, how yeah. many people, you know, started their headlines with feeling off balance, feeling burnout, you know, that's an energetic attack. And so getting in touch with what you're feeling inside and protecting it, um, is really important so the shield works great if you start feeling that way if someone is um trying to say something to you that is hurting your feelings or maybe you totally disagree with it's a hot topic maybe it's politics then put up your shield and guess what it it helps i worked with er physicians locally during the beginning of the covid epidemic and Mm. um showed them how to use invisible shields because people had so much fear at that time. It wasn't just the the disease itself. It was the fear. And that is a technique that we use to help them cope. Um, Another technique is energetic judo. And this one's my favorite in the workplace. If someone is um, trying to attack in a meeting or being condescending, what is our first, reaction it's to be defensive and what happens is like the third law of motion you end up canceling each other's energy out and nobody makes any progress so energetically when those attacks come across the bow use judo with it take their momentum judo is the art of taking the opponent's momentum and using that to protect yourself and so Hmm. redirect it the easiest way man is a question Just ask them a question, which you are very good at, Robert. (laughs) If if somebody (laughs) says, you know, they're coming at you, you did an awful job. What were you thinking? You know, instead of defense, which is your natural thing to fight back, try asking a question. You know, that is an interesting insight. And do you have suggestions on how that could be better handled? And it totally switches their energy. (laughs) It shifts the part of their brain that is active. And then in a worst case mm-hmm. scenario, you at least get a breath to think about what you're going to yeah. say before you spit it out.
0: Yeah, very much so. And and um you know I love that the visual of uh, energetic kudo. Uh, now those are very useful tools when battling, you know, outside should, you know, that, that outside force. What about the internal, you know, that uh you know that it's it's not you know, you're not battling any one any external force, but it's something within yourself that you you have that battle. I mean, is it the same process for an, an internal defense?
1: It is a similar process, in that you want to defend yourself okay. and you want to also um, redirect your negative thoughts. Um, but it's a little bit different. And let me give you some examples with redirection of your thoughts when you start shooting on yourself then you're in a low vibe state and to get in a high vibe state go back to that list that you created of things when you were humming or you get that feeling in your gut like when you're blowing out the candles on a birthday cake or when your favorite team takes the field before a big game think of the things you're doing during that time and do one of those just whip it out for a minute and that's one way of redirecting. That's like personal, judo, you know, and, you know, from the shield perspective, realizing that you have to let go, you know, energetically. I use the story of the snake. Um, intuition speaks to different people in different ways. For me, it mm-hmm. often comes through animals because I grew up around a lot of animals on a small farm. And, um, so the snake, I kept seeing snakes and I was asking, what should I do about my career? I'm not happy anymore. I'm burnt out. Um, what should I do? What should I do? And I kept seeing more and more snakes and I'm like, my goodness, I love animals, but this is creepy. And we were all Googling. I was asking (laughs) experts. I called my friend at the zoo. You know, I'm looking up books online. Nothing made sense. And one day, I finally figured it out. Um, I was riding my bike in the countryside here near near Nashville, and I was just, I had it, man. I couldn't figure it out. And so I'm asking the universe, um, hey, just could you give me a billboard because I'm not getting it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not tapping in. <laughs> I'm not hearing mm-hmm. yet. And um, it another clear, snake right? came through. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So another one comes by, I get off my bike, I let him pass, I take a picture of him, and then I go on my way, I'm pedaling really fast, I'm really ticked off now, and like a flash of light, you know, my little internal billboard, um, shed your skin. It was just as clear Mm -hmm. as day, and goosebumps cover my body, I go back and I look it up, why do snakes shed their skin? Number one, because they can't grow into what they're supposed to be. They can't fulfill their purpose until they let it go because it literally is restricting them and holding them back. And the other reason is they get internal parasites in their skin and -hmm. they have to get rid of them and let it go. So back to that question you had about our internal energy and how to protect ourselves, it's an Mm -hmm. internal parasite. When we're eating it ourselves, let that crap go. You know, just shed it. And so that was my little lesson from the snake. Wow.
0: Wow, that's that's great. Well, um you know the the I mean I, I love the book Trust Your Animal Instincts. Um because you know I've I've tried. Well, when when you talked about um, the challenge of getting the message, you know come on, come on, Tommy. Me, I mean that that 's kind of been the story of my life. <laughs> you know I had a reading once God, in the nineties and, and uh, the woman said, Well, you guys coming through, they say they 're talking to you, but you 're not listening <laughs> it 's like, well, you know, got to be clear <laughs> you got really, you know uh, so anyway um so it 's like it 's like for me it's it 's just one of uh, um, constant um learning uh, and you know one of the things that I've learned a lot when i you know get a lot of messages is with nature i one of i love nature as well and then um there was a uh i just came back today from a uh, A memorial of a friend of mine, a good friend, who passed real suddenly, like within a week. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, thanks, yeah, but but what was interesting was is um, prior to the memorial service um, yesterday, uh, a couple times it just popped into my head that, you know, I've had so many guests on the show that I've talked about, you know, at memorials or things like that, quite often the spirit of the individual is there kind of just to check things out, you know, and And so I thought, well, you know, I'm going to go there today just to try to be extra aware of that possibility and see if there were going to be any signs, you know, any, you know, so it's like, you know, this is like my own personal test to see if, you know, well, um, it was, it was a great side service. It was hot and sunny and steamy, Um, but, and it was like in the middle of a huge um, cemetery, wide open. And, um, all of a sudden, I, I kind of catch out of the corner of my eye um, some movement. You know, I'm, I'm near a lot of people, but like just beyond the casket, um, I noticed some sudden, sudden movement. And you know, when I'm out taking pictures, I <laughs> my head you know quickly turns to sudden movement. And um, right. there, there was a fawn. There was a fawn, and it was staring oh. at the crowd. <clears throat> just a, a couple seconds, you know, staring at that crowd. And then it just leaped and ran to the forest, which was, like, at the edge of the cemetery. But it was quite a distance in, in the open. And I just thought, wow. You know, that, you know, to me, it was like I got, I thought, hmm, you know, that there was George, you know, I'm kind of checking things out, you know, just free, <laughs> you know. Um, but it was, it, you know, because it was just so odd. I mean, I, have you know, run across deer often, you know, in, in the country. And, you know, you don't usually see them in the middle of the day in a wide open right. area, you know, uh, right. around a bunch of people, you know, that's just, you know, those are, you know, things that they kind of avoid. But anyway, so for me, it was one of those things where, and and I'm wondering if my um, heightened attention to possibility might have um, opened up that, you know,
1: yeah. I, I
0: wonder if, if I hadn't thought about that, did. if I wouldn't have been so aware.
1: Yeah, without a doubt, um, it was awareness, but in the form of energy, I would describe it as you were in sync. And let me describe how that works. There are so many studies that if you take a group of children and you take them to like a dog adoption place and they watch the dogs play and, um, you know, the little girl that usually sits in the back of the room and is very shy will pick the dog that is not playing with the others and is quiet and shy the gregarious boy that's always creating trouble will pick the pup that is out there mixing it up with all of them and they naturally are attracted to each other and in nature if you can get to the point where you're in sync with nature and some people do this it it cracks me up because um, i have a son called his name is ethan crawford and on his um, on his social media, it shows him like picking up birds and, and things like that, because he is so in sync, he's been able to get through that part that we have where we're like, Oh, I'm going to pick up that bird. And you know, as soon as you start getting close to it, we have that moment of it's going to fly away. And if you'll notice, as soon as you think that your vibe changes and it flies away, so if you can get Mm. to the point where you're so in sync with nature, and that's exactly what happened to you, you were so in sync at that time was what was going on around you and in this place of gratitude and high vibe that it was you know that experience was attracted to you because you were in resonance with it
0: ah, well it's that fits that fits very well to, to to what i felt you know at that particular time and and um and it was interesting because i've talked and talked to a few people afterwards, and there were only like two or three people who saw it, but they, you know, they definitely saw exactly what I did, and we described it, you know, very much so, but, and there were just a lot of other people who didn't, so it just kind of, you know, made me aware, you know, that this is one of those things that's going on around us all the time, you know, and some of us are unaware
1: of what's going on,
0: even though it's still there. yeah.
1: Absolutely. And that's why on the cover of my book, I put an owl. It wasn't because, um, you know, owls get the benefit of having a symbol as being wise, but they really have tiny brains compared to other birds. But I tell you what (laughs) Uh their superpower is, is they tune in, like their feathers are shaped, their heads are shaped like satellite dishes, they can turn their head almost all the way around. They can tune in to what they need to get, um, so that they can get the nutrition they need, so that they can watch out for predators. Um, so I ask people, like, think about what you're tuning into. What what is your vibe? You know, are you tuning mm-hmm. into these 24/7 news cycles? Are you tuning into the person that's the loudest or the bully, or you know, getting to the the question of diversity and things? Are you tuning into the people that are just like you? Um, so we really have to be mindful of who we're tuning into, and often it's those that we resonate with easily. You know, we don't take the effort of pushing ourselves to find other frequencies and, and find other relationships around us. But tuning in is so critical, and that's an energetic technique. Again, pay attention to what you're tuning into because if it's negative stuff, it's going to make you negative as well
0: yeah yeah that that's yeah that's very true i've um tried to make uh, conscious you know very conscious choices when it comes to um the what what i take in as far as you know media and um, either social media or even broadcast media, you know, I just try to, but, but sometimes we're drawn in, you know, I mean, there's, you know, there's always a curiosity sometimes as to, you know, I think it's important, you know, to be aware of what's going on around because again, we are all part of that, of the big picture. So, I mean, mm-hmm. just, um, you know, turn, just by um, ignore, ignoring something doesn't, um, make it go away.
1: Right. Absolutely. It's yeah. still out there, um, <laughs> but we don't yeah. have to tune into it. We can choose to redirect no, no. our energy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, guys, we're about
0: halfway through with the show, Tabitha. So I want to take a br- quick break. Uh, and I do want to invite listeners. If you'd like to call in and ask Tabitha any questions, you can call in at 619 789 Four three five nine, And for those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions for Tabitha, feel free to type them in there. And then when we come back from Tabitha, I want to talk about change, you know, and taking risks, you know, because we're, everybody's kind of, we're we're in that right now. We're in a very um, dynamic period. So I want to talk about that. Okay. Sounds great. Great. Okay. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very brief break. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Tabitha A. Scott, and we are talking about her work as well as her new book, Trust Your Animal Instincts, Recharge Your Life, and Ignite Your Power. And, again, you can find out more uh, about Tabitha and the services that her team provides by visiting the website, powering-potential.com. Again, it's powering-potential.com. Okay, with that we're back, Tabitha. Sounds great. I'm looking forward great. to the last great. half. Yeah, great, me too. Me too. So um, right now, um, as I mentioned, you know we're we're obviously in this dynamic period, and you were talking earlier about you know how people, um, people's. Um, Perception or, or image of what you know what's a fulfilling work environment you know has has changed you know and right now I mean it's it's um, in the news you know that you know a lot of places are having difficulty with people coming back to work you know they've kind of tasted a different yeah. form of workday um, so can you talk talk to us a, a little bit about the idea of you know I mean we have a bunch of change kind of going on so. Talk to us about this particular period of time and how people can maximize the potential that we have here.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest challenge that is holding people back is their willingness to take the risk, their willingness to take action. And you are seeing many people take action by leaving uh, the workplace, by changing up their careers, but many others are waiting for that perfect purpose you know that perfect guidance and so there are kind of two things I would I would say might be helpful one is don't stress yourself out about figuring out the purpose for your entire life you know my (laughs) idea of what I want to do changes three times before breakfast (laughs) so Uh stop Uh stressing out Um, think of it instead of thinking of life as this cruise control to get to this imaginary destination that everyone must know, just think of it as a journey and come up with little waypoints. So let's say you're unhappy in your career, you're unhappy in your marriage, pick a topic and if you're dissatisfied with it and you want to change, then it will remove a little bit of risk for you. It'll make it a little easier if you stop thinking about Mm -hmm. how do I get all the way to the end, just do a waypoint. So just like on your, you know, Google Maps, you put a little waypoint in and you go a little further and you start to enjoy the journey instead of stressing yourself out that you know everything about the future. And so taking the risk becomes a little easier by doing that. Another technique that I like to use is the old samurai warrior technique where before a battle they would imagine their death. And the reason they did that is because it freed them in battle to fight and focus on being present in the moment and not being afraid and avoiding death. Mm-hmm. And mm. it may sound a little dramatic to compare <laughs> death to like a work situation or something we're facing day to day. But you know what? If you imagine what is the worst thing that happens, just ask yourself, what's the worst thing that happens if my, if I asked my boss to do something different, you know, you might get fired. Mm-hmm. You're not going to die, you know. Um, so sometimes that exercise really helps, and taking that risk moves you forward because sometimes the no's are just as powerful as the yeses because they tell us what won't work. And it, it's a little waypoint on our journey that, yeah, sometimes you pull off at a rest stop and it's closed, you know, but, hey, maybe there's something better just at the next exit. And you know,
0: trust right. that the universe has your back. Important, and, and you know, I, I do like that that visual of kind of just taking an exit. I love my road trips, and I've had some of the best discoveries that were quote accidents. <laughs> you know, that I made the wrong turn, or you know, um Siri was drunk and told me to go the wrong way, or something like that. But, <laughs> um, so it's I'm so now, true,
1: uh, you know. This morning, I I woke up extra early, and I was going to go for a bicycle ride before my workday started. And I go to get my bike out of the – I live in a condo building, and there's a locked room where we have our bicycles. And it was even locked up in there, and it had been stolen. And, you know, at first, you look at the space, and I was looking at the lock that had been snipped off, and it was dangling there and it took me a few minutes to process. I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute. Maybe somebody put it in another part of the room or, you know. Finally, I process the point that it's gone and um it occurs to me that I was very grateful in that moment and I still feel abundantly protected today and loved because yeah, my bike's gone, but who knows what would have happened i mean riding your bicycle in nashville where i live is like playing dodgeball you know (laughs) with the cars sometimes and it Uh was not my day to ride my bike and that was one surefire way of making sure that i didn't and that i stayed safe and so it's understanding the universe always has your back whether it's a quote unquote good thing or a quote bad thing we define how every event in our life you know lines up with our energy
0: yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And um, that's a, that was a wonderful shift in perspective to be able to, you know, to recognize what the current situation is. Now, uh, first of all, and I, I love also when you were talking about, you know, you're finding your purpose, you know, cause there's so many, everybody's out, you know, I mean, a lot of people are questioning, you know, what is my purpose? What, you know, what is this overall, you know, why am I here? What, and, but I like, the idea of, you know, it doesn't have to be um, a forever thing, you know. I mean, and, and actually the forever thing or the, the big picture is just made up of a whole bunch of small pieces, you know, the jigsaw puzzle. So, you know, each day is a It piece. is. Um,
1: and if you struggle to find those things, then, you know, helping someone else always shifts your brain into a different place. I, um, one of the things that I really enjoyed doing, it was a high vibe activity for me, was working with um, Achilles International, volunteering um, once a week to go and work with athletes that um, they love to be runners and movers and shakers, but they were um, in different phases of either, you know, they didn't have their vision or They um, were in a wheelchair or they were in a different type of device and being able to be the eyes and ears for people so that they could get out and experience the city and train and run, it shifts your perspective away from thinking about yourself to learning about, holy cow, I mean, how much is this woman that I'm working with using her intuition every day? She can't see where she's going. She has complete trust. And hanging on to my sweaty elbow and you know i'm going to get her around dogs and around cars and you know up and down curbs and around the potholes and isn't that how we are in life you know we don't know what kind of pothole is coming up or what's happening next but you have to have this trust that um it's going to be okay in every situation you can keep your vibes high, and it will change your perspective throughout life. And that's where positivity springs from. It's just like, you know, from my energy background, if you, um, you know, if you use too much electricity in your house and you don't have any way to charge it back up or you use a generator to the end and you don't refuel it, um, you're kind of out. So you need to come up with this way to tap in, which is the things we've been talking about. They're the things those high-vibe activities, but then you have to stay charged over time and maintain it um, so that you have this equilibrium. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you hear those words all the time. I'm positive. I feel negative. I mean, again, those are electrical references to our state of being made of energy. Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't didn't really pay much attention to tell those energetic words, but I'm going to have to be more, more aware of when I use them. Um, now, you had um, you had a great blog post um, that I kind of want to talk about because I think it's something that might be able to help our listeners. And it's it's one that the title of the post was, Feeling Like a Hamster on the Wheel of Life, Gamify Your Day to Start Making Progress. So I want to talk about <laughs> gamifying your day. So to talk to us about that.
1: Yeah, that goes back to our discussion about doing the things you love and gamifying Mm -hmm. your workday is like the journey we were talking about where um, instead of sitting there endlessly, you know, call after call after call, make some little rewards in your day. And I do this all the time because I'm very easily distracted. So I kind of have to make myself sit still and take calls or meetings for a few hours and then if I do this, then I get to go for a jog or um, I get to do some yoga or I get to play my piano or it doesn't have to be, you know, an hour long activity. It's just something to recharge you because you've been draining um, yourself with things that um, you need to do. So be sure to put a few of the things that you want to do throughout your day. Sprinkle it in. It could be as simple as like eating a peanut butter M&M and m You know, as a snack, just one, or you know, just a little nugget of happiness goes a long way. Just
0: one? Um, Well, you know, yeah, you know, I think that, yeah, there's, you know, I think, I mean, I've, I've done that myself. As far as, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and I can go out and take some pictures. But I need to do this first. I mean, I really should get this undone first. <laughs> there I, go, I should. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind yeah. of putting that on, on myself. But, um, but, yeah, I can see where, you know, setting up little rewards, you know, throughout the day. Um, I, I, it, it just makes, you know, the day fun. And I, I think we're missing a lot of that.
1: Yeah, and, again, what is the worst thing that happens if you set these little rewards throughout the day? As long as they're not bad for you, like eating five donuts on your <laughs> Um, you know, make sure that they are things that are good for you. But what's the worst thing that happens? I mean, you might have a little more fun. That's not so bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have a problem with one M&M, you know, <laughs> one bag, no problem. Yeah, I know, um, but, yeah, you have to kind of um, – watch so now what would you say is some of the um some of the obstacles that that we we that that prevent us from tapping into that that instinct that that power
1: yeah i think you know it goes back somewhat to the should monster and the shoulds that we put on ourselves and Um, Another thing that is really a barrier of tapping in is I find that um, different people tap in in different ways, and this is kind of um, a view that isn't mainstream with a lot of the very spiritually-minded writers. Um, Their method is very similar. Um, Most of them are, you know, seated leg position, in a certain way and you use breathing techniques and that's the way you connect. And I'm a bit of a rebel when it comes to connection (laughs) because for me, for example, I connect better if I'm hiking and I get exhausted and I'm in nature and I find more enlightenment from that than I do sitting still. And so I think people are in different phases of their life and they connect in different ways. So, you have to find what works for you. I have friends that are avid cyclers, and they are like, "After twenty miles, I can think. You know it's that repetitive mm. movement and yeah. um, not you know not having to think, but your body is processing, and sometimes you can focus more if you're tired or if you're doing different activities and so my um my thing is it's all about your vibe if you can get to a high-vibe state where you're um, personally happy, you're personally enlightened, it's going to be easier for you to tap into that intuition. It's going to be easier for you to hear that still, small voice. And you know what? Once you figure it out, it'll be like speed dial. You can just access it anytime. Mm. Okay. Well, that's, that's good. Yeah, I'm I definitely
0: not one of the – legs crossed kind of you know doing in connect i'm much more with you hiking i, I, I kind of would like a leisurely stroll you know rather than a hike
1: yeah to
0: being in nature yeah mm-hmm.
1: and so, i would so, love to be i'm still aspiring to be that cross-legged connector but i'm a work <laughs> in progress with it <laughs> yeah. well you
0: know i don't even know if i mean you know, I I I would I don't even aspire for that. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I, I just think that again, yeah. like you say, you know, we're all different. You know, we all connect differently, and and that I think that's the beauty of it. You know, I mean, some people, you know, get them in the kitchen, and you know, they you know they'll straighten out good parts of their life. You know, or are find answers to what they want by baking Absolutely. cake, you know, or whatever.
1: Absolutely. Or if I'm eating that cake, I might find more answers. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes, you know, um, I was raised in the church around, you know, growing up, going to church a few times a week. And, you know, there's a lot of fulfillment in worshiping with others or people that have common faith, right. um, celebrating and connecting in that way. So there's all sorts of ways we can connect. And I, I just, want people to understand that it's okay to be different and it's okay if you can't meditate in a traditional way you find what works for you and makes you happy and and do that
0: yeah yeah this key is like what you said earlier is is what makes you happy what kind of um what are the things that you do that you lose sense of time or or that um you know you can your mind kind of wanders off you know, into,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: all kinds of places. Um, now, speaking of minds, um, a lot is being said nowadays about mindfulness, you know. So can you talk a little bit about um, how mindfulness kind of fits in with the idea of trusting your animal instincts?
1: Yeah, I think how mindfulness fits in is, once you are in connection with your source, with your intuition, and once you can really tap into quickly, this is something that raises my vibe, I'm in a positive state, then you become mindful, you become um, in a better state of wellness. And, you know, I could go back to the bicycle example from this morning. Before I went through this transformation years ago and in more recent years and really tapped into that piece and that perspective and realizing I have complete control over my emotions. I have control over how I react to things. Nothing is good or bad. I assign that meaning. Mm -hmm. I choose to do that. And so you become more mindful when you can balance your energy. So when it first happened, You know, there was the shock, and, of course, my energy went low vibe right away because I was like, oh, I can't believe somebody did that. But then turning it into the high vibe and choosing the perspective of, oh, my gosh, I just totally avoided, I could have been a wreck. I could have been hurt today and not been able to show up for work. People would have been worried about it. You know, just what a blessing that I didn't have the opportunity for that to happen. And so that's an example of how mindfulness is completely connected to how you're feeling about yourself, the meaning that you're assigning to everything that happens. Yeah, you
0: know, and one point in that, which you had just said that I think is really important is is to recognize that being able to be um, equipped like you are to, you know, to make that switch doesn't prevent those low vibe experiences from happening.
1: Right. Right. If you look at... I mean, they're
0: going to happen. They're going to happen.
1: They are definitely going to happen. If you look at a sine wave, any kind of wave, whether you're connecting to a radio or a satellite out in deep space. They're all waves. And what do waves have? They have ups and they have downs. And so for every up, there's going to be a down. And you just have to trust that there's going to be another up coming right behind it.
0: That's good. That's a good way to look at it very much.
1: So now I have to ask, with your
0: three months in Costa Rica, tell us Tell, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you know, tell us about that. I mean, I, I my Costa Rica experience was just one day port, you know, on a cruise, so I really don't know Costa Rica. (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit about your experience, you know, just the people um, and, and just maybe some of the shifts that happened for you?
1: Yeah, I absolutely loved visiting that country. And there are more touristy parts and developed parts, like I flew into Liberia. Um, the airport in the north of the country, and um, there are places Tamarindo and Rincon de la Vieja, the volcanoes that are more traveled. And um, I did visit those towards the end of my time in Costa Rica, but most of my time was spent in a very rural area. It was about an hour and a half from paved roads, and I had never experienced something that remote before. And Part of going there, by the way, I didn't realize it was that remote <laughs> when I decided to <laughs> okay. go. It okay. was a friend of a uh-huh. friend who said, you know, hey, you can use a condo I've got down there. But, um, you know, and I should have been clued in when the cost of staying for that long, three months, was about the same price as a few days at Disney, you know. So, oh, no. Okay. Um, uh-huh. I know. Oh, yeah. That should have clued me in. <laughs> But I um, experienced, you know, here in the States, you can hop on a bicycle or you can walk. You know, it was like seven miles to the closest village. I can cycle that easily, but there it's potholes and dirt roads and, you know, you can't cycle on those. It's very difficult unless you have proper knobby, tired um, bicycles. And so I learned the hard way, Um, you know, I went and rented a bike the first day. I was there and I forgot about these dogs, wild dogs on the way to to where I was staying. And I had been to grocery and I bought like a pot so I could cook some things and some groceries. I had this thing packed up like the Grinch, you know, that stole Christmas and he's got his sled all (laughs) Uh stacked up. And Uh I start out the, you know, the dirt and, and gravel road and I'm dodging the potholes and I just got my balance good and all the guys, the Ticos are looking at me leaving the grocery, like, what is that Gringo doing? Like, what is wrong with this person? And I forgot about those dogs. And then the fear in my heart, I'm like, how am I going to get past these dogs? I had named them Abbott and Costello. And um, Abbott and Costello always came out to bite, you know, at the the vehicles or whatever went by, and I'm like, they are going to want these groceries. So I'm strategically thinking, should I drop, like, the butter, you know, what can I drop to <coughs> not lose my momentum and fall? And, uh, yeah, luckily a calf was being born across the street, and so neighbors were in the area at the time, and the dogs were off guard duty. But um, Uh. I dodged the bullet there. I also learned, you know, in the States, if you make eye contact with, um, like if there are strangers on the street, you make eye contact and you speak, you know, and that's a way that we're taught as women traveling alone, that you're kind of presenting yourself as an alpha, don't mess with me. So if you do that there, there's a subculture I was unaware of that says, if you make eye contact and you're single, it means come home because I want you bad. <laughs> come home with me. <laughs> so I kept getting oh, followed no. home. And oh, by no. the third time, I asked the person that owned the condo, I'm like, what is going on? You know, should I be afraid? Everyone was friendly, but I couldn't figure it out. Right, and um, he said you are basically telling them you want them to come to come home with you. Oh,
2: so wow. um,
1: the people were generous and beautiful and happy, and it was inspiring to see. You know, these moms where where I was located, they would wash the clothes. The, the it was so dusty there. It was 100-degree heat. It doesn't rain for five to six months during the dry season when I was there, so you're covered in dust when you go outside. And they would wash the little white shirts, uniforms for their kids every night so that they could go to school Uh in a clean shirt every day, and they were grateful to do it, and they were happy. Mm -hmm. And it was this sense that what is happiness and the sense of, redefining success, and the local ticos and um, ticas in the area um, just had this sense of love and this effervescent joy that doesn't come from money, you know, and making money right. for for yourself and for someone else. It was more about money is something we do so we can enjoy our family and our love, and so it was so super, super inspiring to be there.
0: Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's it's a whole different um, set of values. And, and yeah, I, I had a, a woman on my show probably about four or five years ago who um, lived in, in Costa Rica, and she was um, she it would, it talked about just the, just uh, the culture, you know, as far as like it's not. When you meet someone, it's not what do you do. It's like who are you related to? You know, kind of like you know who yeah. who who are you as far as your lineage, really? You know, as far you know mm-hmm. that, that that's really who you are, is not really what you do. Is being who you are, which is a, a complete shift from you know a lot of Western thinking.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting. That makes me think of um, that psychological study where there is the scene of a jungle and you know within the jungle there's a tiger you know sort of in the middle of the photo and it it's a study if you ask someone from the east what is this what is this and they will say it's a picture of a jungle and some of them will say it's a picture of a jungle with a tiger in it if you ask an American what is this they will say it's a tiger And some of them might Mm -hmm. say it's a tiger in a jungle. And our brain has been so wired to focus on what's fast, what's now, what's in front of me, what's the most obvious thing that we have tuned out our community. We have tuned out the energy and the vibes around us because we're so myopically focused on making that next dollar, doing that next thing. You know, this information overload causes us to say, what are the three bullets? Don't make me read the whole thing. And, um, you know, yeah. it's it's very interesting how culture has a way of, um, you know, creating the vibe of the whole country.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Well, guys, we're down toward the end of the show, Tabitha, but one, one of the things I do want to let listeners know is, First of all, they should really definitely um, check out your website, powering-potential.com. Uh, in the services area of that, um, you have one section for worksheets for staying positive, and um, they're free for people to download. So I just wanted to direct people that way that if they want to find their inner owl or recognizing that should monster that we, you, know, you talked about earlier, um, that they can go ahead and, and download those those worksheets for, um, for their own Personal use, so that's a wonderful thing to have Absolutely. available. So, is there any final words, maybe, or anything that you might message that you might want to leave listeners before we close?
1: No, I um, I appreciate your time today. I love the message that you're sending and in bringing inspiration to Earth and bringing inspiring thoughts to others. And I would just encourage everyone to redefine your own definition of success it doesn't matter what the world thinks you should do you decide what you want to do and then just set your waypoints and go there there's absolutely nothing holding you back and um, don't stress out about not knowing what your (laughs) purpose is or feeling disconnected because we have all been there And um, there's so much love for you there in the universe and just, um, you know, take the risk to love yourself a little bit and try something that you want to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um I do want to uh, also let listeners know that you have a Facebook page and uh, people can go on Facebook if they use that platform and, and like your page and I happen I like it, you know, and also happen to notice you put that um a post this morning about uh your bicycle. Um Experience so um, <laughs> everyone can, can, can kind of visit to, to read about that so well I really want to thank you for your time today, Tabitha. I really enjoyed our conversation
1: Thank you Robert. It was great to talk with you and I wish you much love and luck
0: thank you very much and, and I'll be sure to follow your journey on Facebook so you have a you have a great Sounds day great. all thank
1: right you. You thank too. again
0: thank you. every thank you. Again, everyone, today my very special guest has been Tabitha A. Scott, and we have been talking about her new book, Trust Your Animal Instincts: Recharge Your Life, and Ignite Your Power. And again, um, definitely visit her website and explore there. Uh, The website is powering-potential.com powering-potential.com. Uh, check that out and also check out those uh, free um, worksheets uh, that will be able to help you get a better idea of uh, what Tabletop was talking about today. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth Show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth Show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Byte Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.